Hey folks, JR, back for another episode of Echoes of Shannon Street Case File. It's going to be episode 74, Letters to the Editor, Part 1. Alright folks, what we're going to do today is, obvious from the title, we're going to go through some of the letters written to the Commercial Appeal. There's quite a few of them, but I've picked out enough for a couple of uh, episodes. We'll see what citizens of Memphis thought about the hostage and siege. Alright, let's get into it. To the commercial appeal. Wife Lindbergh Sanders had been under psychiatric care for the last eight years and in the condition he was evidently in was he allowed to be part of our society living day to day among us when he was a walking time bomb. There's no doubt in my mind that the men who were with Mr. Sanders during the during this incident were there by their own choice and not being held against their will. I believe the officers who were involved in the shootout gave the men inside the house the only choice they were able to. What choice did Lindbergh Sanders and his followers in this bizarre incident give Patrolman Hester and his fellow officers? We are all losers in this. I have always been taught that the policeman was our friend, like a big brother watching over us. Maybe that is why I was so appalled at what happened to Patrolman Hester. The police represent our protection, not against the bad in the world. It is funny that I had never considered who protected the policeman until last week. It is strange that I did not know Patrolman Hester, had probably never seen him, yet I feel that I have lost a dear friend. Yes, I know the hearts of the families of the others who died are broken. They do not understand why it seems their only consolation will be in knowing their pain was ended instantly, not by hours of agony and torture. I thought that good and righteous always within the end, but then I see Anita Hester in her grief and Dorothy Sanders and hers. They have their own nightmares and torment to endure. Where is justice? I believe that all Memphians would feel just a little better if only someone would help us to comprehend publicly announced command policy that forbade police to attempt the rescue of a fellow officer begging and screaming for help until such time as the command was reasonably certain the suffering officer was dead. I was filled with very mixed emotions regarding the administration of the Memphis Police Department and its decision to wait before entering the house on Shannon Avenue, January 13. Being a layperson, I readily admit that I do not have the answer 
as to what should have been done. But why was this officer literally left to suffer at the hands of such emotionally disturbed and violent persons? Whether it was known what he was being, when it was known he was being tortured. In a news conference, January 13, Police Director Holt said that microphones had been placed and went so far as to quote some of what was heard. Considering all that Patrolman Hester was forced to endure, and with any sense of mercy would rather taken the bullet of a friend than go through what he did. I am deeply saddened by the loss of Patrolman Hester and the wounding of the other officers. Justice has been served to those responsible and other criminal misfits should take notice. I want to praise Police Director Holt, Assistant Director Graham, and the Memphis Police Department and their professional handling of a dangerous situation. Again, the bleeding hearts and political misfits are quick to criticize a situation they are not qualified or experienced in. The tragedy on Shannon Avenue is a reflection of the widespread American belief in the effectiveness of weapons for resolving conflicts. It's much easier to carry a gun than to figure out how to deal personally with hostility and aggression. The police are to be commended for their efforts in developing negotiating procedures for hostage situations. One suspects, though, that surrounding the area with a hundred officers the visible presence of assault weapons, and the constant threat of overwhelming force effectively nullified the delicate human interaction that had to take place with the people inside the house. As a two-time veteran of Vietnam, I am well acquainted with violence and death. However, I was willing to lay my life on the line because I knew I had the support of my superiors and teammates. There is no excuse for the delay in the rescue operations while Patrolman Hester lay dying at the hands of his deranged tormentors. I challenged the city government to prove to the citizens of Memphis that we have competency at the helm of both the city and police department hierarchy. First, I would like to let all the people who are angry about the way the policemen handled the crisis that I am black, so therefore I am not a racist. I feel that this situation was handled in the best way possible. As I watched the local news, I witnessed a few black people making ridiculous remarks about Memphis policemen. These people would only stop and acknowledge the fact that the policemen could have raided the house immediately and caused chaos then. They would probably understand that the policemen only did what they had to do. 
I believe the shootings could have been avoided had the men been willing to cooperate with the policemen. I hope that all of you who are angry with the Memphis Police Department realize that the policemen are not out to kill. They are out to help you as well as others. It is not a matter of black and white. It's a matter of right and wrong. The seven men got what they deserved because they didn't have to beat Patrolman Hester to a pulp. This city is blessed with a good police department, but it is only recognized for the few bad apples that will be found in any organization. It is very rare to pick up a newspaper or hear a news telecast that praises these men. It is also very common to hear people like Maxine Smith yell and scream when a black is shot, when a police officer has to protect himself against a criminal element. Where was the NAACP when a police officer was held captive and tortured to death? They apparently were not on the scene. It is easy for them to say afterwards what should or should not have been done. I say thanks to the Memphis Police Department and Police Director Holt for taking the position they did on Shannon Avenue. My only criticism is that they should have acted sooner. But then again, this is Monday morning quarterbacking. To Maxine Smith, James Ford, and other black community leaders, many of us, both black and white, are sick and tired of being subjected to some of the black community leaders' attempts to lead us by our emotions into the racial injustice song and dance routine. The days of true racial injustice, the 1950s and the 1960s, are gone. How about letting them stay gone? The 1980s do not immunize us from racial discrimination by any means. But really, why go overboard with every instance that even vaguely hints of it? If you must continually see color schemes, how about coloring the seven captors as dangerous and deadly lunatic outlaws? And if your racial concerns are so sincere, why weren't the services of black community leaders offered at the scene during the absurd hostage ordeal? All right, folks, that's going to wrap up this episode. You know, reading these letters to the editor, if you didn't know that the year was 1983, you could swear that it could easily be 2020. Seems like we are hashing over the same issues decade after decade. I'm not going to get into what the problem is or how it can be fixed, but Every time I've read these letters to the editor, I always think, well, just things don't seem to change in some regards. 
Seems to be the same ground we keep covering. But anyways, enough about that, folks. I hope y'all enjoyed listening to those. We're going to have one more set of them. We'll get together in a few days and go over them. And let's jump up here. I've got my little red square. That picture was 2012. That was the Vice Narcotics Unit. We were getting ready to go shut down a hotel that uh, their main business was um, prostitution and drug sales. That was a good crew I had there. All right, folks, I appreciate you. We'll get together in a few days, and as always, I'll see you down the road.